Ladies and gentlemen, hi, welcome to the first podcast for the website. I am Matt Perry and I am joined with Stephen Hall and Anthony Milne. Uh, guys, do you want to say Hello. 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 Um, so what we talk about on this podcast is basically football, um, specifically, I'd say specifically most of the time Premier League. Um, so we're just going to look at three or four topics per podcast and just discuss what's going on in the world of football as it returns after this three-month hiatus. Yeah, the Premier League should be returning, will be returning the day this goes out and it'll be interesting to see what happens and what the reception will be and just even how the teams do because it's been, it's been a while since any of them have played at such a competitive level. Yeah, although without the crowd, it's going to be so weird. Like, I remember, I watched like highlights of the Man United Europa League game. I think it was against like an Austrian team, I can't remember their name. And it was so weird watching a game without the crowd, like when a goal going in, like not hearing cheering. Yeah, so it just takes the soul, soul out of it, doesn't it, really? Yeah. yeah. When, I've, when I've been watching the Bundesliga um, the last few weeks, I've noticed that to me, it feels almost like a preseason game. You know, like when you're watching your team play their youngsters against some League 2 side it's just you don't really care it's, there's, there's no excitement there's no tension and I think that's going to be one of the hardest points watching when it comes back and for the players as well I think it will have the players won't have as much motivation to maybe score a goal or you know come back from a 1-0 uh, loss you know I just think the players they might not find the motivation to want to play at their best level really yeah, I mean, so what we're talking about is what, what we expect from the league when it returns. And obviously, if we're going off um, by what the Bundesliga have been doing, obviously all their games have been been shown on BT Sport. Um, they, some games have been without atmosphere. And um, recently, for a couple of games, they've decided to add crowd noises into the games. What, what do you guys think about them? I mean, I think we kind of have to wait and see with that one. If it Obviously, you know, the, you know nothing really compares to the real thing because it's more reactive. Like, the crowd reacts to certain situations, whereas if you have just general crowd noise. It doesn't really make sense to the situation, if you get yeah, what I mean. Yeah, but, but it's interesting, though. The, um, the, the, the crowd noises they've been using in the Bundesliga, they've actually... Um, the, the different scenarios um, have created different sort of crowd atmosphere. Um, oh, I, I mean, I, I think it's been quite interesting to watch, actually. Um, so I'm actually... I, I would prefer to watch it like that than um, just listen to it in silence. Um, I think the way they've done it so far has been pretty good, and um, I'd, I'd be happy to do for that to happen in the Premier League as well. Anything, anything you want to say, Ant, about it? Uh, yeah, just with um, I think the, the problem for me is like I think it's a good idea, like just because it does actually make that more like what we're used to. The problem is you know it's like fake crowd noise. I mean, I say fake, you know, it's not like the crowd's actually there. You know it's being put in by the league, and it, I don't know. I, you know, like when you're watching something and it's like got fake laughter and a TV show, and it might it changes the effects. I'm just worried for how it's used because just because it's worked in the Bundesliga to an extent doesn't mean it will work in the Premier League. We've seen that with VAR this season, how it, like just because it works somewhere doesn't mean it will work here. So I think the question I'll is, is it better than nothing? It's the question. Is it better than just silence? Yeah, probably. Probably. I think we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I've, I, I mean, I personally do think it does make a difference watching it. Football isn't the same without um, fans in the stadium at all in my opinion so any kind of atmosphere that comes into the stadium for me is a plus um, watching it is much more entertaining than just yeah again watching it in silence um, I'll move on to the next point um, so obviously one of the, the biggest topics ever since the lockdown came in and football stops was what was going to happen to the, the league now that 
it stopped and were Liverpool going to be awarded um, the title. Obviously, with the season restarted again, it looks like it's inevitable that Liverpool are going to win the league. Um, how long do you reckon? I'll come to you first, Anthony, since you're a Liverpool fan yourself. How long do you reckon until Liverpool are crowned champions? I think, because it's mainly relying on Man City's fixtures as well, um, I think we'll be looking at it within the next three fixtures, I'd say. I, I, think, I, think, I think we'd beat Everton, we'd beat Palace, and then I think it comes down to the game against City. Sure. So how many and games do you actually have to win? I think it's just six points last I checked. So six so points. It's okay. not even, so it's not even games we need to win. It's like if Man City lose their first game against Arsenal, we can win the title at Goodison. Um, it's so close now. And that was the point that I know for myself and a lot of Liverpool fans we were really worried about. Because this season, Liverpool have like played at such a level and they've maintained such a like strong stranglehold almost on the title it would have been a shame for it to be cancelled and all that hard work be for nothing especially for a team that's waited so long to get this first title yeah it's, it's interesting i mean I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna dwell too much on what my predictions are yet of the other fixtures but um looking at liverpool's fixture list um and their first two games obviously Everton and crystal palace i think they'll wrap up the season in them two games i, I think um They'll, and then they'll be sort of tossing around for the for the rest of the season. Um, Stephen, what do you think? Yeah, I think unless you know all the Liverpool squad have been boozing it up and eating pizzas during quarantine, and I think they'll be fine to be honest. Yeah, like uh, I mean, it's just inevitable at this point. It's not if it's when. Really. Mm. I just do you think it's going to be the same? And um, I mean, obviously Liverpool have never won the Premier League before. I mean, do, do you think it's just? Is it going to be remembered as a great season or is it just going to be overshadowed completely by the events that have happened? I think it's, I think it's both. If that sense. I think Liverpool fans winning the title, especially in a way that we win by such a distance, will be a season to remember. Because even though the ending will be a bit murky, the season itself, you know, the start around Christmas time when we had that massive fixture overhaul, we, we didn't lose a single game besides the League Cup game to Villa. I think... Liverpool fans will remember that. They'll remember the performances by Trent and by Mane and Henderson himself, who has been such a catalyst for Liverpool. But I think I, the celebration, which would be the thing that all Liverpool fans are looking forward to, won't be nearly as exciting. You won't really get... If you do get any sort of gathering, it'll be quickly dispersed. The, the, fan, the crowds... Sorry, the, the players won't be doing the tour around Liverpool like they did for the Champions League. Um, when which I wish I'd went to, like you saw just the crowds, it looked like an amazing time. But I think if Liverpool can finish the season strongly and they can finish, I I would like them to break my size 100 point total. And they're still well, they still can clearly do that as long as they don't just give up once they've won the title. Yeah, if they have the motivation to try I, and get that, I suppose. Yeah, I think Liverpool, if they can do that, this will be a season to remember because the 100 point tally the Man City set two years ago was something we'd never seen and for it to be broken two seasons later is, if it is will be a massive accomplishment especially for a team like Liverpool who didn't really invest in the summer they didn't bring anyone new in you know they brought in Mano in uh, January but he hasn't done much they've really just been bringing in some youth players like uh, Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones so to do that and to break this point total against the team as strong as Man City will be quite the accomplishment. Mm. Um, you, yeah, I mean, you, you spoke 
um, just slightly on about, about crowds. Do you reckon there's going to be any issues with crowds gathering outside Anfield around the time? I hope not, but it will be. There's people in Liverpool have waited so long for, to, for the team to get back to where they were in the 80s, to get that first title since 1990. They've waited so long. I think you will have a lot of fans who are smart and while they'll celebrate at home or with their family or even like with small groups of friends, you will have those people that will gather outside the crowd, outside the stadium, even if they're like watching it on their phones, but they're outside the stadium just to give, try and give the support. I think the main worry is, especially with England, what with pubs opening soon, you'll probably at large gatherings in the pubs around Liverpool. Yeah, which perhaps. I think will be the will more of a concern. Um, Stephen, I'll come, I'll come to you sorry. quick. Sorry, no. Um, Stephen, I'll just come to you on your view. Um, do you think that they should have been played in neutral stadiums? Uh, what, just like another team stadium? Yeah, in, in order to sort of control the possibility of crowds gathering outside. I don't think so. I mean, just play it in your home stadium. I think it'd be unfair to like make them play in a neutral stadium. Like, I think if you if it's a home fixture, you should be able to play at home. But yeah. I think it's like you can't really avoid it. You, know? you can only ask people to do much, you know, unless you basically like barricade people inside their homes. I don't think you, you're going to be able to stop it, unfortunately. So that's just yeah. how it is. And you can't really stop it. But. In, in general, were, were you two, were, were you happy about the season being restarted? Or did you think that with the global situation, um, that it should have just been t- taken to a halt altogether? I think when there's, when there's so much money in the Premier League, I think you've got to finish it. Like, like going down or staying up is such a difference that it could completely ruin a club. So I think when it becomes to the financial implications of the Premier League, you kind of got to finish it. And it's kind of unfair to maybe if a team's like in the relegation spot, but they're playing well recently and then they just go down because of this. I think it's kind of unfair. So, um, yeah, I think maybe in a league where money isn't so important, I'd say just cancel it. But when... There's so much money in the Premier League as there is. I think we've got to finish it and let the clubs have a chance of staying up and you know getting that Premier League paycheck at the end of the season. Yeah, I think it's like I think it's a couple of um, arguments. Like obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I wanted the season to continue because I wanted Liverpool to win the title. And I know, like with it being called uh, cancelled, there was arguments about whether they'd be given the title or whether they um, just be null and void. But I think there's also the financial. Uh, implement like you say, like it's not just the the Premier League money that comes into the clubs and the players. You're looking at like all the staff. Like when the when the clubs this this TV money, they can then start putting that in. So if there's any staff that are on furlough right now, like like it's not just the players or the trainers. It's you know the kitchen staff. It's cleaners. It's people um, get the field ready. There's so much money in sport that goes past just the players on a team. And obviously, everything will be losing ticket money. But in the Premier League, losing that TV money is far more crucial. Mm-hmm. And if the season was cancelled, Sky might have been able to argue a new deal because, oh, you didn't complete these fixtures. And I think it's just easier this way. And I think taking their time to try and plot out the safest way they can come back. So I think, yeah, I'm glad it came back. And I'm glad that football's coming back. Because I also think it's something that a lot of people at home scared to leave their home might need right now yeah I mean um, I, I, I mean m- myself I wasn't particularly over excited oh, we're not over excited but I, 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 I personally thought the season should have finished um, but I understand that 
the money that would be lost would be instrumental to most clubs, especially those fighting relegation. And even if, even though I wanted the season to finish, I'm still glad that football's coming back and I've got something to watch. So um, I'm fairly split on and it. Speaking of the championship, yeah, my yeah, my club Brentford are in the uh, playoff spots right now. So you know, I kind of if we missed just to go out for the playoffs, I'll be gutted. So just even in Arsenal. the championship, I kind of want that to be concluded. And they just yeah, beat we've just beat well. Arsenal in a preseason friendly. So you know, we could be going up finally. Oh, Brentford are in a good <laughs> spot. Hopefully, depending if all things go well. Okay, so I am going to move on to our second topic, and it's a topic which really um, hits me in the heart um, because being a fan of this team, I'm very excited. And that is um, all the latest news to do with Chelsea and what this summer we can expect from them and what their team's going to look like next season. Um, so obviously the latest rumours are that we are very close to signing Timo Werner and we're also interested in of so many other talents, including Ben Chilwell, Kai Havertz. And even today I saw some weird rumour about Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, so what do you guys think? I'll start with you, Stephen. Who, what, what do you think about Chelsea's transfer window? Who do you think we're going to get? Um, I think probably Werner. And I think either Havertz or Chilwell. I don't think you'll get both. Um, I think you need Chilwell more than you need Havertz. So I would say if you were Chelsea, you want to prioritise Chilwell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Chilwell... Yeah. Over, I mean, Havertz is a quality signing, don't get me wrong, but you've already got Ziyech, who's be, pretty much yeah. as good in the same role. So Absolutely. It would be a statement, put it that way, if we signed Havertz, haven't already got Werner Ziyech. Um, Anthony, what do you think? Chelsea will probably prioritise Chilwell. I think, Chilwell, sorry. I think the, in, the only issue is Leicester have gotten in a deep contract and they're in, a, they're in the position to demand as much as they want. If Chilwell's the only left-back Chelsea are interested in, they could ask for 85 million for him. And I'm not saying Chilwell's worth that. But being English, being um, from a team that's right now competing for top four alongside Chelsea, um, I think the issue will be how much are Chelsea willing to pay for Chilwell. Then that's I mean, the only issue, however. I mean, it's, I it's Maguire all over again, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's Van Dijk Maguire. When a team knows you need the player and that's the player you want, they will, like demand a lot and with Liverpool it's looking like a bargain now yeah. Maguire I still don't think he's worth that I think he's a good defender I still maintain Man United got um, yeah. the the worst end of that deal I think Leicester then used that money very accordingly um, but yeah I think Havertz is another player Chelsea if they got him they'd have an in- incredibly great attack force again but the defence yeah. would still be lacking yeah, um, the thing is, Le- Leicester for a start, they're, they're no mugs. They know that Chelsea need a left-back. Chelsea fans know they need a left-back. Emerson and Alonso aren't good enough anymore. Um, and they know that Chilwell being their main target and also being an English player means they could get as much money out of him as they possibly want. Um, so I think some of the rumours were about £60 million, um, which I think Chelsea will pay. It begs the question for me, though, why are they not going for someone like Alex Tellez or Tagliafico, who would cost about £30 million less? Um, saying yeah. that, I still think Chilwell could be potentially a good signing. He's still, he's still young. I have Chilwell being the second best left back in the league right now, based on performance and also potential. Because I think Chilwell's younger than Robertson, and Robertson's mm. entering his prime now. I have those two being the two best left backs. Whether people listening think I'm talking nonsense or not, not really, because I mean, he, only really Mendy is the only other person in that conversation, and he's just not consistent enough, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think 
Chelsea next season will definitely be an interesting force. I it still remains to be seen who else they bring in. There was talk of Sancho earlier. I think no one's going to pay 150 million for Jaden Sancho right now. Yeah, I think when you're paying now. that kind of money, you're looking for like you know 25 plus goals a season plus like 15 assists. And while Sancho's stats this season have been really good, he's currently on, I think it's 17 goals, 16 assists. I still don't think that's 150 million worth. Not yet, at least. Yeah. If Chelsea do want to bring in another winger, they've got to offload him for Pedro or William, surely. I think we'll end up offloading both of them. Um, if, if I'm making a list of the players who I currently think are going to leave Chelsea this summer, Pedro would be the top of the list. Um, Williams, Williams potentially off because apparently he wants a three-year deal, but Chelsea are only offering a two-year deal. Then there's the likes of Batshuayi, who would definitely be shifted out. Um, there's going to be people like Emerson. Um, I, I'd personally keep Marcus Alonso as a backup, although there's apparently interest from Newcastle for him. So I, I'd definitely rather take out Emerson. And then you've got the likes of Ross Barkley, who you just think, where are they going to fit into the team next season if we get players like Ziyech and another and Werner as well? Um, yeah, the other thing you've got to think about is wage. Like, if Werner's coming in 200 a week and hudson dies on that contract, is on a large contract as well, and they'll probably want to be giving Mountain Tammy, like, um, decent contracts after this season. Yeah, absolutely. you got to wonder, Barkley, like, is he worth the money they're paying him? Is Emerson, is Alonso? Well, this, uh, this, this is the thing. This end of the season is going to be very big for players like Barkley and the Chelsea team because they all now realise that Chelsea are going to be playing a big part in the transfer window and they need to up their game if they want to stay at the club. Um, so you could see the likes of Barkley really pushing for the rest of the think, season. What do you think about Bakayoko coming back from loan? Oh, do you think, is he going to be sold? No, nah, he's, he's, he's the first out the door as well. Yeah, I, I completely forgot about him as well, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for him. He, he came to Chelsea. He was a big money signing from, from Monaco and he just he really just did not do it. And he's been out alone a couple of times since and he's not doing it out there either. So it's, it's a shame on his part, but he's just, he's just not good enough, basically. Um, so he'll be the first Chelsea to try and ship out. Probably along with Batshuayi. <laughs> Moving on to what Chelsea's lineup going into next season would hopefully look like, depending if the transfer window goes as well as people are making it out to be at the moment. I'd probably say Kepa would start in goal. He'd still be given another season. Chelsea seem content on bringing in Chilwell by the looks of it. So you'd probably see Chilwell lining up at left back, probably with Christensen and Rudiger in the middle, and probably still Aspetaqueta and Reese James battling for the right back position. Um, moving on to the midfield, I think there's going to be a power struggle probably between the um, holding two midfielders. What you could probably see at the start of the season is switching between uh, Jorginho Kante and Billy, um, not Billy Gilmore. Well, actually, no, yeah, Billy Gilmore. Um, I, I think they're the three who's going to be fighting for it. Um, and I think Kovacic is the other midfielder who's probably going to have a more cemented place in the team. Moving forward to the attacking three midfielders, you're looking at Ziyech, you're looking at a switch between Mason Mount and the likes of Hudson-Odoi Pulisic. And probably up front, I would probably go for Werner. But I wouldn't even be surprised if I saw Werner move that to left wing and Tammy Abraham put up front, depending on how it's going. I mean, what, what do you two think of that? Yeah, I saw an article from The Athletic saying, um, remember who it was, but... Chelsea wanted to play Ferner and Abraham together. I think you either looking at two up front and maybe looking at different rotation in midfield. Or if Chelsea, I mean, Lampard's not 
done it that often. I don't think he's done it at all, actually. But if Chelsea feel to get Chilwell, they might implement a three at the back, five in midfield. Um, uh, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we, we did a back five against Tottenham uh, just before Christmas where we beat them 2-0 away and that worked pretty successfully. What do you think, Stephen? Do you think Christensen will start over Tomori? I think at the moment, yeah. Um, it's weird. Tomori started the first half of the season. He was playing a lot of games, but... Um, Ever since, I'd say, about Christmas, he's been more inclined to play Christensen over Tomori. Um, I still think Tomori will be playing a lot more and he'll be switched between the two. I think Rudiger's pretty cemented. I can't see Kurt Zuma getting a sniff. Um, I could even see maybe Zuma going if we bring someone back like Ethan Ampadu, who could be a fourth centre-back. Um, but, yeah, um, that's, that's what I think anyway for the back four. Um, the, yeah, the other one that I touched on quickly was Billy Gilmore. Um, Billy Gilmore was playing really well when he was getting the opportunity just before um, the lockdown came into place. So I could see Billy Gilmore potentially even replacing Jorginho in the in the starting lineup, and maybe even Jorginho becoming less important to the team. Anthony, being Scottish yourself, um, <laughs> what do you think about Billy Gilmore's chances in the Chelsea team next season? I think Gilmore has been really impressive so far in the limited time we've seen him. I don't think he's going to feature as heavily as you might think in this coming season. Mm-hmm. Just just his age, just the fact I think he needs to um, just get a bit more experience, maybe yeah. put on a bit more muscle just to deal yeah. with some of the more physical teams. Yeah, but I, I think n- not next season, maybe the season after, we'll start to see him move into being a first-team leader. Because sure. by that point, Jorginho, Kante, who knows where they'll be. I don't know when, but I think Gilmore will replace Jorginho. Uh, I think Chelsea are solid in that kind of role of a player. They don't need to go out and buy one when they've got such an interesting talent it's a already investment. there. Yeah, long-term investment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, breaking news whilst we've been on. We're well, not breaking news. There's rumours going around that Chelsea are interested in Brentford winger Saeed Benrahma. I apologise if I've said that wrong. But Stephen, being a Brentford fan, what do you think about that if Chelsea are after him? Don't get me wrong, Saeed Benrahma is absolutely quality. I mean, I think personally he's the best player in the championship. But is he Chelsea quality just yet? I don't think so. I think he'll be better off going to a mid-table team. Look at what Morpai's been doing at Brighton. He's you know come from Brentford and gone to Brighton. He's been doing all right. I think he scored a few goals. But I think if on that Morpai went on like Arsenal or Chelsea, I just don't think they would get the minutes that, that they need. Yeah. I so think I think Ben Rama should go to a mid-table team first and then maybe if he does well there, then he should go to Chelsea. I just well, think it's, it's too soon. It's interesting because it, it seems to me that Chelsea are finally trying to make some squad depth if they go in for him. If Willian and Pedro are on their way out and he's coming in, that just means to me that Chelsea are really focusing on his transfer market and getting as many players in as possible because one thing that separates us from the likes of Man City is that we don't have players on the bench who could make a big impact. So it'll be interesting to see if that goes through. What I'm worried about is that Benrahma will become another victim of the Chelsea loan system and just be loaned out a million times and never actually get yeah. played. Yeah, how so. old is he? Is he 24, 25? I think he's mid-20s, yeah. yeah. Mid, I mean, young yeah. to mid-20s. So he's about to hit his prime, hopefully. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know much about him, but... Um, 15 to 20 million pounds, I think they were saying. So uh, that'll be interesting to see if that goes through. And I'd rather that, get 30 million for him, but yeah. <laughs> you know, we're Brentford, we have to sell. That's kind of our thing. We yeah, sign players for cheap, sell them on. That's kind of our thing. Yeah. So. And it'll be interesting to see if we do go after him, if that affects the Havertz deal as well. Um, so, and um, as a man who's literally about to see Liverpool win the league, do you think Chelsea could be title contenders next season? I don't know. It, I think there's going to be a a top three and then the rest of the pack. I think Chelsea will 
maybe try and keep up with the likes of City and Liverpool, but we'll fall short. I don't think they'll be like 20-odd points behind like everyone else was last year. Mm. I think they'll maybe be 10 points. So I think it'll be like Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, and then whoever's in fourth, whether it be United or Tottenham or Arsenal or Leicester or something. Um, I think Chelsea are working their way up to being a contender. Mm. But I think you've still got a lot of inexperience in that team. You won't have plugged all of your holes yet and your new players coming in like it's a big gamble to expect them all to deliver on the first season. Like Ferner might take some time to settle in. Like the likes of Abraham and Mount, while being great, are still quite young, still inexperienced. So I think Chelsea will be a strong candidate next year, but I think they'll just fall short yeah. in the league. Yeah, I'd, I'd say we're another season away. But it, I mean, this could be our potentially our best transfer that we've had since since um, well, probably of all time if everything goes through. Um, with a, again, with the rumor today of 120 million bid for Ronaldo, which obviously I don't believe is true, uh, but you put that alongside the uh, apparent 120 million buy Abramovich tried to do of the screen painting. It'll be interesting to see if he either goes for either the screen painting or Ronaldo for the same price. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that's what our uh, thoughts are on basically Chelsea this summer. And what will be interesting to see is. Um... Like I say, Ronaldo won't happen. Like, obviously, the deal, I think, sounds ridiculous. Also, age. Like, Chelsea over, over oh, the last yeah. year have been prioritising youth. And even the signings. Oh, Werner yeah. is, what, 23, 24? Yeah, yeah. Chelwell, quite young as well. The, the Chelsea thing, and, sorry, I was just going to say, the, the, the thing is, with Chelsea, players over 30, they only give them a one-year contract. Um, it's the reason why William looks to be on his way out because he wants a three-year contract. But Chelsea that aren't even that lenient to the likes of Terry and Lampard. They were only given a one-year extension. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the whole rumours about Ronaldo are completely like, not going to happen, basically. <laughs> yeah. I think Chelsea are building a team not just for like next season and the season after. They're building a team that in four years when Liverpool's team are quite old and a lot of City's stars are gone, yeah. Chelsea will be, have a team that's played together for a few years, strong, and they're all in the prime. Yep. I think as soon as Chelsea hired Lampard, they knew it was going to be a long-term project. They knew yeah. that he was going to get, you know, three title contenders straight away. They're going to have to take a few years to develop their young, their young players, bring in new players, and sort of just see how they do in the future. Yeah, and then uh, the fans, I think, buy into that as well. I think we were all left a bit deflated after Sarri's season. The majority of fans were. And so um, I, think, I think they've all bought into the fact that Look, we need to look at what Liverpool did, and Liverpool did it successfully. And we need to do do that. We need to we need to adapt and wait a few years and get the team and build them up. I think, I think United are doing a similar thing now. I think a lot of if you ignore the fans that just blast it, like everything on social media. If you listen, if you talk to a fan who is like actually holds a good conversation, you'll realise that United are in a similar process and. And Solskjaer is working slightly. Bringing in Fernandez was a huge deal for United. They've improved the defence compared to last season. They've got a great right back. Maguire's a solid defender. Rashford's been performing quite well. Um, Man United are not as far. They're a few seasons away, but I guarantee I would be surprised if in the next three, four years we see a top four: Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Man United. Yeah, based I, on the I current agree with that. Seeing. I could agree with that. Um, I, f- I think Tottenham at the moment are probably in a bit of a bad position financially. Um, Arsenal, I can't mm-hmm. see picking up. But I mean, it's early days. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see yeah. um, what the summer brings. Um, shall we move on then to our final um, topic, which is our predictions for the first round of the fixtures uh, once the Premier League starts again? Yeah, yeah let's, get, let's get on with it. 
Happy days. Um, so, um, we'll, we'll, so we're going to start with Villa Sheffield and we'll work our way all the way through to Everton versus Liverpool, which is on next Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll go first. Um, Villa versus Sheffield. What do we think? I think it's going to be 2-0 to Sheffield. 2-0 Sheffield. Fair enough. Um, I'm going for a more slow start to the season in general, I think. Um, and I'm going for Villa Sheffield to be 1-0. I'm going for Sheffield United to win 1-0. I mean, is there any reason behind your answers? You just think Sheffield are the stronger side? Yeah. They yeah, I just don't have faith in Villa, to be honest. No. Do you think Villa are going to be one of the teams in the bottom three come the end of the season? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't. If if they are, I think they, I think they're clo- they'll be close to justifying relegation, but they'll fall down in the end. Yeah. Um, okay. Next up, then a big game: Man City versus Arsenal. Uh, Ant, do you want to go first this time? Yeah, I think this one is going to be an interesting fixture. I think Arsenal got good offense, and City's defense is still a bit weak. I, but Arsenal are shambles at the back. I'm having this go three-one to Man City. Stephen, I'm also going to go three-one to City. Ooh, interesting. I'm actually going to go close to what you two said. I agree with what you said, Ant. I'm going to go 3-0 to Man City. I don't think Arsenal are going to score. Um, I, I'm Got not, to have more faith in Aubameyang. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, the thing is, Aubameyang's on his, on his... Well, he wants to leave Arsenal, don't he? Um, so, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Aubameyang come the end of the season, how he's playing. He might already be on the beach if he knows he's off somewhere else. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 3-0 Man City, and I'm going to say that's going to kickstart them. Uh, moving on, Norwich versus Southampton. Stephen, I'm going to go for an upset here. I'm going to say 1-0 to Norwich. 1-0 to Norwich. Interesting. Norwich are currently off bottom of the table, of course, coming into the restart. Um, I am going to go with, and again, I'm going to be quite boring. I'm going to go for one all and um, just sole basis that they're both they're, they're both struggling at the moment, and I, I think it's going to be, like I said, a slow start to the um, campaign. And yourself? See, I'm, I remember Southampton had done quite, they had started to do better um, after winter. I remember them being a bit more of a challenge when we played them. So I'm going to go for 2 0 to Southampton. Interesting. Hope, hopefully, my man Danny Ings represents. Yeah, no, Danny Ings has been in good form this season. Um, and it'll be interesting if he can pick it up again. Moving on next, we've got Man United versus Spurs. This could be interesting because obviously Harry Kane is now fit and he could be back for Spurs. And what do you think for this one? I'm going 2 1 to United. United at Old Trafford are always strong. I have, I have Kane coming back, not being quite right, but maybe he'll get the goal. Maybe he'll be a part of it. But I have United 1 2 1. Stephen? I'm going to go for 1 0. 1 0. Okay, I am going to go for... It's interesting because United, just before um, the season's finished, they had Fernandes coming into the team. He just won play in a month. He's looking like he could be the start of some of an actual good signing for once for them. I think it's safe to say since Fergie, where they haven't really had marquee signings who have really stood out, have they? Um, no, they've just been a mess. Signings yeah. have just been... They've gone for big names rather than what actually works. They've... They need to start at, back at basics, and they've done that when they brought in Shawscar. Look at the signings; they're more about improvement rather than big names. Yeah. Even if the fees were large, yes. and they have, they are bet they still have a chance of finishing the top four. And um, they're they're not without it's not without reach. Oh no, it's far far, um, far from over. I mean, Chelsea have some tough fixtures coming up as well. Um, I'm yeah. gonna go. I am gonna go for. Oh, it's toughy. I'm gonna go for one nil United. 
Um, I think it's going to be tight. But I, I, I think, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game by any chance. Do you? The two solid defences, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go 1-0 United on the sole basis that, again, um, it, it's, it's going to be... Uh, I'm just going to make my nickname Slow Start because that's what I'm going for for all the games pretty much. So I'm Matt Slow Start Perry. <laughs> so yeah, 1-0 United. Moving on to Watford versus Leicester. Stephen? I think this is a 3-0 to Leicester. I just don't yeah. think Watford have a chance. I am... Do you know what? It's a toughie. Um, Watford, I think it depends... Their success depends for me on whether Troy Deeney's in the starting lineup because I think he's a very important player for them. No, not just because of how he plays, but his leadership, his presence. I still think Leicester are probably going to start off strong, so I'm I'm going to go two one Leicester. Um, and yourself? I'm going two 0 Leicester. I think Deeney's been pretty adamant about not playing. I, I'm assuming he will, but I well, just think Leicester yeah. will definitely show up. Two 0 clean out. Done. There it is. Uh, moving on, Arsenal in Arsenal are going to be playing again, but they're going to be away to Brighton this time. Brighton are in a pretty mere place. They probably need a few more points to pick up to sort of sort out their um, stay in the Premier League for another season. I'm going to go for as much as it pains me to say, it, I'm going to go for two 0 Arsenal. I think they'll. Be, I, I can see them losing the city, and then they'll need to bounce back if they want to keep up their fight for European football. So two 0 Arsenal away to Brighton and. Um, I can't remember if it was since it's been such a long since it's been a few months since the season uh, was under was going on. I can't remember if it was this season or last season where Arsenal had just an horrendous um, time away from home, and I think Brighton are one of those opponents that if you're not fully prepared, there's an there's an upset waiting to happen. So I have Brighton running one now against Arsenal here. I oh. think Arsenal are going to be rocky for the first couple of games, oh. um, and then bounce back next week. Oh, it's a feisty choice. It's going 1-0 Brighton. <laughs> Stephen, what about you? I think this game's got 0-0 written all over it. I think there's not going to be any goals in this match. I think Brighton are going to park the bus and Arsenal are not going to be sharp enough to break through. I think it's 0-0. Uh, I, to be honest, I can see arguments for either side um, the more I think about it. Um, I don't think it's... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with my original answer, but I, I could definitely see arguments for the other side. Um, moving on to West Ham versus Wolves. Uh, now, I predict overall a pretty gloomy future for West Ham in general. Um, so I'm going to go for 2-1 to Wolves for this game. Yeah, I think it's going to be 2-0 to Wolves. I just don't think West Ham are going to be up to it. I think Wolves are just too good for them. Um, I agree with you, Matt. I think it's 2-1. Um, I think Wolves... I think it's going to be one all, and then Wolves are going to score in like the last 15 minutes. They've had quite a track record of scoring late goals, and I think I think with West Ham being the shambles they are, Adam Traore is going to have a yeah. field day. Yeah, I think yeah, obviously Traore and Jimenez are two very important players for Wolves at the moment. Um, yeah, West Ham I think are going to be in a pretty scary position because um, they could potentially get relegated, and they are one of my predictions to go down. Um, looking at fixtures and who I think is going to be more up for it. And one team that I do think is going to be more up for it is the next team we're going to discuss, which is Bournemouth, who are playing at home against Crystal Palace. Uh, I'm going for a nil-nil Bournemouth Palace. I think they're two teams quite similar um, and I'm not expecting a massive result. But I do think Bournemouth are going to put in more of a fight as the season progresses. Um, But I'm going for a slow start here. So I'm going Bournemouth nil, Palace nil. Anthony? See... I I also think it's going to be a draw. I'm just not sure whether it's going to be a, a goalless occasion. 
I don't know if it's going to be 1-1 one, one or 2-2. Two, two, but So I'll probably hedge my bets and go 1-1 one, one between these two sides. I think Palace, once again, will take the lead, but they just won't be able to keep it. I'm going to do a bit of a hot take here. I'm going to say Bournemouth are going to win 2-1. I think they need to start getting results together. The Palace don't really have that much to play for. I think they're relatively safe. So I think Bournemouth are really going to go for it and get the 2-1 win. Interesting. Um, moving on then, Newcastle versus Sheffield United. Stephen, do you want to start us off? I think that's a one-all. I don't think there's going to be many goals in that game. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think Newcastle are probably in a bit of a weird position right now. Their, their, their season's practically finished. They can't really... They're going to finish mid-table. They've got exciting things ahead by the sounds of it, if things are to be believed. But I reckon Newcastle are probably going to have a much more laid-back end of season compared to most teams. So I'm actually going to go for Sheffield United to win here. Cause, um, and I'm going to go for 1-0 Sheffield. Um, I agree with you, Matt. Sheffield are winning this game. I think it's going to be 2-1. I think Sheffield have still got a chance of finishing in a European uh, football spot. I think they've still got everything to play for right now. And Newcastle will be a bit lax because, like you said, their season's over. So I have 2-1 Sheffield United. Lovely. Um, finally, we get to Chelsea. Finally. And they're away to Villa. Um, and I am very intrigued by what Chelsea's lineup is going to be for this for a start. Um, I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win 2-1 because we don't keep clean sheets this season. Um, but I still think, going by what, how we've been doing on form and friendlies and just the fact that Chelsea players are now going to be fighting for their place in the team, I think we're, we're going to have an OK end to the season. But yeah, I'll go 2-1 to Chelsea for this one. Stephen? I'm going to go for an absolute hammering and say 4-1 to Chelsea. Interesting. What about you, Ant? Yeah, I think 3-1. I think Chelsea still weak at the back. Grealish will do something and it'll lead to a goal. I'm not saying. I'm just saying Grealish has been incre- incredible, in my opinion. So I have uh, Aston Villa scoring at least once, but Chelsea just too strong right now up front, um, especially against the side like Villa. So yeah, 3-1. And we now get on to our last game um, for our first round of fixtures. Um, and it is the... Soon to be, you would imagine, champions, Liverpool, and they're away in the big Merseyside derby to Everton. Um, Everton have been better since Ancelotti took over, but I, I still can't imagine anything but a Liverpool win for this game. Um, I, I, again, I think Liverpool are going to wrap up the league pretty soon. So I'm going to go for 3-1 to Liverpool. How about you, Stephen? We'll let, we'll let the Liverpool fan go last. I think it's going to be a one 0 to Liverpool. I don't. I don't know. I feel like Everton are really going to try and give it their all because it's a derby game. I don't. I don't think they're going to be beaten too easily. So I say one 0 and it's going to be like a late goal. You know, Liverpool are a late goal king, so I think they're going to get a late one 0 goal. There it is. And um, I'm basing this off how I've seen Liverpool play at the start of each season since Klopp's uh, come in, since the team started to look the way it does now. But um, with Allison between the posts and you've got Liverpool's strongest defence, I don't see Everton scoring. And McCarlson's a great player, but Liverpool's defence is, is the strongest in the league. Um, I have Liverpool winning 3-0. I imagine we'll see a goal within the first 20 minutes. Yeah, 3-0, get Mane and Salah will be on the boards and it'll be a strong start to the restart of the season and they'll clinch the title um, pretty soon after that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our first round of fixtures. We'll probably be aiming to get our next episode out after this list of fixtures so we can keep up to date, make sure everyone listening um, knows what we're thinking, what our thoughts on what's been going on. 
I can't think of much else to say right now. No, fair dues. Um, obviously, as time progresses, there'll be more topics to think of, and um, we'll be talking about the results in the Premier League and where that leaves teams and anything else that happens. And, uh, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to us talk for the last probably about half an hour. Um, so hopefully we'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>